This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Spreading freedom across the nation. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Hey, team, welcome back to Hour Two in the Freedom Hunt. Great to have you here as always. 888-900-3393 on the phones. Uh, also, make sure you join me tonight if you're listening now on Buck Sexton with America Now. If you are in a place where you can listen on the radio, which is very exciting, because that's not something that I've had until last week, really, at least not on a regular basis, not every day, um, please do tune in. But uh, also, if you're in a place where you don't have me on the radio, uh, you can listen via your computer or your smartphone. All you need is an internet connection. You just go to AmericanOutRadio.com, and you can press play live. Or if you miss the show and you want to listen to it afterwards, please go to AmericanOutRadio.com slash podcast. Now... Uh, I got into this a little bit last week because this, of course, is much of the debate right now over immigration, the immigration executive order that was dominated the news cycle last week. And it was, of course, uh, over. Well, I shouldn't say overturned, but the stay, the restraining order on Trump's immigration order will stay. I don't know how to say this. (laughs) will stay in effect. Uh, despite the fact that the arguments against it are flimsy from a constitutional perspective and it creates a whole host of other uh, problems, including the right of non-U.S. citizens to challenge their ability to come into this country in a U.S. court as though they have some right to sue for access to America. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? Where does that stop and start? I don't know. Um, But Behind a lot of this, you just have this, and it's been very interesting how the how the left has progressed with this. Um, they really do create the perception, at least among their followers, and they try to push this on everyone else, that any uh, objections to any part of Islamic ideology, Islamist ideology, even jihadist ideology, is really just a form of, of racism. And they say this because there's this... Uh, they're, they're, well, Islam is a predominantly, but not certainly not entirely, uh, non-white religion around the world. Um, there are plenty. Look at a, a Chechen or a Muslim from the Caucasus regions, for, for region, for example, and you'll see somebody who's 
as as white, Caucasian, as white as white can be. Uh, I've met Palestinians who had red hair and blue eyes and and skin that's every bit as white as mine. I mean, you, you go down the list here, uh, and there's even Nuristanis from Nuristan province in Afghanistan who are, at least by legend, the descendants of Alexander the Great and his invasion of Southwest Asia. That was where he finally uh, got turned back and met his end. Um, they have some of them have blonde hair and blue eyes. Whether that's because of Alexander the Great, I, I think that's probably just uh, it's not an urban legend because I don't think there's really a city in Nuristan to speak of, not not a major one at least. Uh, but it's a legend. So, but they, they've created this because they realize that racial politics in this country are very divisive, but very useful to the Democratic Party. And accusations of racism are incredibly potent uh, political weapons. And they wield those political weapons to the best of their ability all the time. That's what they like to do. So you'll get, for example, a Bernie Sanders going on Meet the Press with host Chuck Todd of NBC. And this is, this is of course, what Bernie Sanders is going to claim about the immigration order. What you just heard Mr. Miller say is a shell game. While there's a whole lot of discussion about the racist, in my view, immigration policies of the Trump administration, which are based on anti-Muslim ideology, which are doing us enormous harm all over the world. Something else is going on at the exact same moment. Okay, hold on. I want to, I want to tackle this one first. Anti-Muslim ideology. I, I wish that the press, if the press was really trying to do their jobs, they should ask every Democrat who claims that Trump's executive order is rooted and motivated by bigotry, they should ask, uh, do you think that the Islamic world causes a disproportionate amount of terrorism globally? They should be forced to answer that question and not, and not allow the, well, you know, it's a very complicated and U.S. foreign policy and this, that, and the, you know, you know, we're here, we're there, we're everywhere, we're doing all this stuff. And, you know, you know, sometimes we bomb the wrong people. We create terrorists by bombing. No, no, Bernie, answer the question. Is the Muslim world, which is... 1.6 billion of the world's 7 billion people is the Muslim world responsible for a disproportionate amount of violence in the name of a coherent and somewhat unified religious political ideology is the Muslim world responsible for a disproportionate share. That's not the same thing. And then they'll go, oh, are you trying to say that all Muslims are terrorists? No one's saying that, Bertie. Are you you're trying to say that there's no other terrorism? Well, what about Timothy McVeigh? I mean, you know, you'll get people referring back to 1993 or you get people referring back to uh, other incidents. Oh, what, what about the guy here or there who did this terrible thing? It's, you know, uh, can you answer the question? Because the answer to that question is really a determining factor in whether or not the American people trust some of these bozos on this issue. Because if you can't say, if you're not willing to come out and say that the Islamic world is responsible for a disproportionate amount of terrorism, and therefore, when dealing with counterterror issues, you have to put a greater focus on the Islamic world. If you're not willing to say that, people don't really want to hear the rest of what you have to say on this. Because you have failed a very basic test of honesty and rationality. And you've failed to put the interests of the American people and their security above your desire. What do you mean my desire? What, what desire? Above your desire, Bernie Sanders and others, to 
uh, or you're unwilling to put their safety and security above your desire to sound like somebody who is open-minded, progressive, cosmopolitanist, and all the rest of it. Um, as I am I'm fond of pointing out to all of you, because I think it is important, you do not, there is no Hindu, Hindu phobia, there is no Buddha phobia, there is no Quaker phobia, there is no, you know, go down the list. These are not things that exist. And in, in the case of, uh, in the case of, for example, Buddhists in this country, you're talking about, about a similar number of Buddhists to Muslims in this country. So you have the percentage of Buddhists by country, according to Pew Research. Yeah, here we go. Buddhism is, is a religion practiced by 488 million people in the world. Okay, so it's a little less than a third of the amount of Muslims in the world. But how many Buddhist terrorist attacks can you name off the top of your head? Mass casualty attacks against, and let's be clear, we live in America. We are most concerned with attacks against us and our immediate allies. We are. I mean, attacks anywhere are terrible and humanitarian sympathy crosses any international boundary to be sure. But from a security perspective, we are concerned first and foremost with our own security. Okay. So how many terrorist attacks can you name that involve Buddhists when there's almost 500 million of them around the world? Very few. Isn't that interesting? UT San Diego estimated that there were 1.2 million people, uh, U.S. practitioners, rather, of Buddhism. Uh, there's a huge community, by the way, that live in, in Southern California. That's why the uh, California system was looking at them, uh, l- looking at the numbers here. But the reality is that you have lots of people who come from other religious groups that are non-white, and yet there's no need for a phobia discussion because there's no problem. And people get sick of being told that they're just so racist. Yeah, there there are 2.23 million Hindus in the United States. So that's comparable to... There are 3.3 million Muslims in the United States, according to 2016. So, you know, we're looking at relatively similar numbers here. Well, how many... You know, there was a, a terrible attack against a Sikh temple, but that wasn't perpetrated by a Sikh. It was anti-Sikh. It was, that was bigotry and hatred on display for all to see. But you'll notice this. It's not It's not as though there's nothing behind the concern from within the Muslim population and to be constantly looked down upon by people as though any concern about Muslim terrorism really is just rooted in racism, that rankles individuals. That upsets us. That's annoying. One, because it's untrue, and two, because it also shows that the primary concern for, and we're talking about people like Bernie Sanders here, the primary concern is not to defend this country, it's how do they look? Do they seem open-minded and tolerant? Are they able to call other people bigots and avoid charges of bigotry themselves? If that is your first and primary concern, I do not want to hear about how you care so much about national security. But then again, what does Bernie know about national security? He doesn't know anything. He just sort of walks around, talks, you know, socialist with a beach house, or a lake house, I should say. It's ridiculous. It is utterly and completely ridiculous, but this is what goes on now. This is something that we all have to uh, have to deal with. Um, I also want to, so I want to move on to his next statement though, because he also says some interesting stuff, and then we'll talk about nominees uh, as well. Here we go. Here's Bernie being Bernie, and that President Trump is backtracking on every economic promise that he made to the American people when he told workers and senior citizens. He was not going to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. So what's going on right now, we're talking a whole lot about immigration. 
He is appointing Wall Street bankers, the same people he told us he would oppose to very high positions. Gary Cohn has gotten the $250 million severance package from Goldman Sachs. He's now the main financial advisor. So we're talking a whole lot about dividing the American people up. We're supposed to hate Muslims. We're supposed to hate Latinos. We're supposed to hate so you think all of this Meanwhile, is a shiny metal object? You think all of this is a shiny metal object right now to distract the public, divide the public? You got it. You got it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, he was going to clean the swamp. Remember that? Mm -hmm. You got it. You got it. Meanwhile, uh, no, actually. Okay, let's go back. First of all, no one's... No one is advocating for hatred of Muslims and no one is advocating for hatred. Of, I shouldn't say, OK, this is where smarmy liberals can be. What do you mean? They point to some you know, storm front or some you know, white nationalist idiot somewhere with five people reading his blog. OK, no one who matters and no critical mass of the U.S. population, no substantial contingent of the U.S. population is advocating for hatred against Muslims or hatred against Latinos. And that's just a that's just a slur. That's just slander from Bernie Sanders. And but but anyway, he's mixing all these things together. And then he's talking about how Trump and if Trump is going to betray his promises on the economy, I want to know about that because I'll have a problem with that. I'm not Trump, 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 no matter what. I, I'm already a little annoyed that they're telling us that tax policy is going to get delayed as an issue. Really? Why? You, you can't you can't walk and chew gum at the same time with. Obamacare repeal and borders and it's a pretty big government with a lot of power. I would think that they might be able to figure something out here. Um, but you'll notice that he just he says that Trump made promises about Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid. And then he immediately pivots to and he's got these Wall Street guys working for him. Uh, OK, well, are we supposed to have career bureaucrats that are running the economy? I, I can tell you this. People that have never worked in the private sector uh, in any capacity, have a different view of the private sector and what it means to get a paycheck and everything else. Um, so wh why would you not want individuals who have real background in the private sector trying to help with issues that directly affect the private sector? I, I would think that's rather straightforward. This is not this should not be surprising stuff. But they act like it is. And he acts like this is some sort of a complete sellout. Meanwhile, you've got guys like Steve Ratner, who is an American financier, who was a private equity guy, just like Mitt Romney, I should point out. Mitt Romney, the vulture capitalist. Oh, no. Uh, work, he, he worked for Obama and was a part of his uh, task force on you know keeping GM alive or whatever it was. So, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, yeah, he was Ratner was appointed special counselor and lead advisor, according to Wikipedia here, to the United States Secretary of the Treasury as the car czar. So you get a private equity guy was the car czar. And all he did was come in and figure out a way to get the unions to get to the front of the line, break contracts with shareholders, with bondholders, I should say, in uh, GM. But, you know, Obama had plenty of rich hedge fund types around him. I mean, he also had a lot of campus radical professor types and and you know community organizer background uh, individuals but the point is uh who are you going to bring in to work on the economy people that only know the economy in a theoretical sense you need to bring in professors from oberlin and hampshire and yeah they're really going to know how to turn things around they really understand the american steel industry i mean you got to be kidding me 
But this it's just with Bernie Sanders, I do think it's I at least give him the benefit of the doubt of it being somewhat in earnest. I think he believes this stuff. So I give him a little bit more slack than like Hillary Clinton, who is just disgusting. It goes down to Wall Street and is like, hey, guys, give me a lot of money. Don't worry. I've got I've got you covered. The big, big financial firms and their connection to government. That's untouchable. We got you covered. Don't worry about it. Dodd Frank, you can pay the fine. You can pay the fees and the regulatory burden. Other people can't. Little guys can't. So it benefits you. But when I'm on the campaign trail as Hillary Clinton, being like, I hate Wall Street, um, then just understand that that's all for show and it's not real. And I, I don't want you to think that I'm in any way, shape, or form actually, you know, trying to be difficult for you guys. You know, so I mean, Hillary was just, just an out and out fraud on these issues. Uh, at least Bernie, I think, believes some of what he says, uh, but he's wrong. And it's interesting, isn't it, that he points to he brings up entitlements and then he pivots to, well, there are Wall Street guys that are going to work for Trump. Who, who, who does he think is going to work for Trump? Wh- who should be Treasury Secretary? Who, who should be involved with the, the Fed and, and involved with economic policy. Wonks who only know about this stuff in the classroom, who've never had to balance, uh, who never had to you know look at a spreadsheet or look at a balance sheet. They've never had to deal with having employees and real, co- I mean, it's just, it's just madness. But this is what you get from you know, America's favorite Democrat socialist. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, they, still treat Bernie with such reverence. I, I think he's, and I don't say this to me mean, I think it's just accurate. I think he's an economic illiterate. I really do. Just doesn't understand the basics of supply and demand and anything else for that matter that involves economics. All right, team. Uh, 888-900-3393. Back in just a minute. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Hey team, welcome back. You know, I saw that there were a few more of these stores that have dropped Ivanka's line. Uh, I've just got to say, you know, this is, we're supposed to take this now as coincidental that more stores, there's there's a boycott movement that's out there that everybody's very much aware of. There's this boycott movement that's out there and then there are a bunch of stores that are dropping Ivanka's line, and they want to tell us all, oh, uh, don't worry, 
it's fine. This has nothing to do with politics. It's just that it wasn't selling enough. That's remarkable timing that different store that stores would be pulling her products off the shelf within a couple of weeks of her father becoming president and this boycott movement hitting full swing. They were yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's totally totally about um it's about everything other than politics. It has nothing to do with politics. That's a real uh, yeah, I really believe that one. So again, and then also by the way, I saw that the same exercise studio that the owner in DC wanted to uh, wanted to request a meeting with Ivanka because like that's really what she just wants to take her exercise class, lady. She doesn't want you harassing her about some stupid whatever it is you want to say. You know, please respect our human rights. And these people are so annoying and sanctimonious and full of crap. Uh, but Michelle Obama used to go to that exercise studio and it was like celebrated. <laughs> so of course, of course. So the first uh, the first lady under Obama goes to an exercise studio in D.C. and they're bragging about how awesome it is. And then the first daughter under the Trump administration goes and it's a cause for concern and there needs to be a meeting request. This is really becoming indicative of how unhinged, well, particularly all, all the, the left has become in this country about any number of, of these issues. But they just need to get a grip on this stuff. Um, they have completely lost any sense of proportionality and they're always trying to inflict their politics on everyone it's just exhausting it's exhausting to be reading about it it's certainly exhausting to be in new york and be around it and now it's of course having an impact on products look i wish that trump people wouldn't get up there and do the whole ethics problem thing by saying buy vanka's products i mean they don't make it easy for people like me to defend them but I'm defending them because they should be defended because this stuff is nonsense. All right, team, we got more coming up. We'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Hey team, it's Buck. Welcome back. Great to have you here with me in the Freedom Hut. I just want to remind you that tonight I'll be on live radio from uh, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. It does run on the Blaze Radio Network, so keep it under the family. Uh, From 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. If you want to listen on the Blaze Radio, you can listen there. But if you want to listen live on radio, uh, you can either tune in in your local station. You can check AmericanOutRadio.com to find out what the station's that are covered under that. Uh, or you can just go to AmericanRadio.com and click live listen and you're good to go. Uh, you can listen on your on your smartphone. You can listen uh, you know, on your computer and you can obviously also download and play. Oh, I, sh- I got to stop saying download. You can play the show on demand by going to AmericanRadio.com slash podcast. So um, I have, there's a, a lot of, uh, well, SNL. Let's just let's just get right to this. SNL is generally not funny. The Spicer thing on, you know, everyone thought it was so funny with Spicy and everything. And I, look, I'll give Melissa McCarthy some credit where it's due. She, she did make that whole Sean Spicer thing pretty entertaining. I did see some reports uh, over the weekend that they were thinking about replacing Spicer. But that just sounds like rumors to me that that would look bad to get rid of your press secretary three weeks in. That, that would start to add some fuel to the 
oh my gosh, the Trump team doesn't know what they're doing, fire. I, I think you'd have a real problem there for sure. But uh, where were we on? Oh yeah, so the uh, the, the Trump team, uh, or Melissa McCarthy has been uh, push, has been really celebrated on the left because of her portrayal of Sean Spicer. I would just note though, that and I, and I don't mean it. Look, I when it's funny, I like to say it's funny, and I, I I promise you that I'm always trying to be self-aware about that because I think there's few things that annoy me more media than people who, and of course, the left thinks nothing is funny except for uh, white males, Christians. There's a very small list. Anybody affiliated with the Trump administration, including women, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but funny should be funny. Funny should be one thing that brings us all together. There's something about humor that's that's a commonality to humanity, and that is so. There's such relief when we can all find humor in something. When something is truly funny, a few things are really more beautiful in in the world of of art than than comedy and laughter. Uh, than really taking joy and and having a moment to just enjoy something that for its its humor, and it should be a shared non political moment. And look, I understand there's there's some joke. There are political jokes that are funny that everyone can laugh at, and there are political jokes that are mean and meant to undermine. An excellent example of funny political humor, in my opinion. Um, because of the perspective that it took, was actually on SNL a little while ago, and it was on Black Jeopardy, which is a sketch they run on SNL, and they had Tom Hanks playing a white Trump supporter, and you saw it, and you thought they were going to just mock him as racist and stupid and everything else, and they did make him seem a little twangy and a little, you know a little bit like he just came down from you know the, the 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 peaks of Appalachia or something, but there was a shared sense of the underdog with the black community and this Trump voter that came out in the sketch. That made it something where we could all laugh. They weren't really laughing in a mean way at the Trump supporter, in my opinion. They were laughing at the circumstances of America and the situation. And it was funny. And it, and I, I tip my hat to them on that. It was a, it was an entertaining sketch. And there was a warmth. Now, they did sort of turn, they kind of at the end started to bail a little bit on it. But there was a, a warmth that came across that it was okay for everybody to laugh. And I'm all in favor of that. And comedy, our comedians should be mocking the entire system. I mean, just think about this for a second. Comedians don't find much to be amused about when it comes to the uh, left-wing nuttery craziness that is going on on campuses. Uh, they, they don't find anything that is, uh, uh, is amusing about that. They don't find anything that's amusing about these little whiny protesters everywhere that don't know anything about these anarchist black block protesters who all live in their parents, you know, I would say their basements are really, first of all, a lot of these finished basements in the suburbs are way nicer than my apartment. So I'm kind of jealous. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? They, 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 there's nothing funny about any of that. And there's nothing to be mocked about Hillary Clinton or no, they'll make jokes, but they won't mock. There is a difference. Mockery is not laughing with, it is laughing at. Republicans get mocked, uh, Democrats get joked around with. And, you know, SNL, I guess they just figure their audience is primarily coastal anyway. And, you know, it's like their audience is, you know, D.C., New York, Boston, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Miami. You know, that's their audience, right? That's their primary audience. So they don't really care. Uh, They don't care that they are leaving out a huge part of the country and they've taken it up as a very political mission. And we're going to see more of this too, because a part of it is laziness because I think it's easy to make these kinds of jokes. And also part of it is really ideologically driven, but they did this sketch over the weekend that is a, it really highlights the divide between how they make jokes 
about Republicans and how they make jokes about Democrats. And it's it's indicative of a wider mentality, a broader mentality that you can really say anything you want about the Trump people and it's totally fine. And there's no line to cross. You can be as nasty as you want. And so here is and there have got Jake Tapper is coming off of his show. This is from the sketch on SNL and Kellyanne Conway, the Trump senior counselor, is waiting for him like a stalker. It's very clear this is supposed to be a stalker, a stalker situation. You know, it's very similar to the sort of the vibe in um, Single White Female, if you've ever seen that movie, which is a you know terrifying movie. Here's what Jake Tapper. This remember, this is an SNL. I forget the guy's name. He's playing Jake Tapper, but the sketch is Jake Tapper meeting Kellyanne Conway in his apartment, and here's how the exchange goes. What's I supposed to do? You weren't answering my calls. You changed your number. I'm not going to be ignored. You get it, Kellyanne. You made up a massacre. We can't have you on. But I missed the news. I'm gonna get mic'd. I want to feel that hot black mic pressed up against my skin. Is this tie you wore on the news today? Smells like the news. You taste the news in your face, do you? Kellyanne, no. We can't have you on TV if you're just gonna keep lying. Okay, fine. I'll do something else. I'll do something really crazy. What if I do a free commercial for Ivanka's shoes? Live on air. Do you like that, baby? What? No. So there's a, you can get you get a sense of it. I mean, there's a lot of a lot to talk about here in terms of the way that first of all, she's a crazy stalker. She pulls out a knife. She's clearly being depicted as somebody who is unhinged. Uh, there's a lot of, I wouldn't even say sexual innuendo, sort of sexualized content when you watch it on the video side. And they just never would have done this to, and what are they, what are they even basing this on? That she's a spokesperson for the Trump administration? I mean, think about this. There's nothing, there's been nothing that, you know, never mind, you look at the Clintons and the, you know, the uh, Anthony Weiner and, you know, people like that who have real sex scandals as politicians surrounding them. Uh, she's been perfectly respectable and has done nothing in, all, in any way, shape or form that would warrant this kind of uh, this kind of farcical treatment. And look, if it was funny and it wasn't malevolent, it wasn't there weren't mean intentions, I'd be the first to be like, yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, what I was going to say about Melissa, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around for Melissa McCarthy. Everyone talked about this or Sean Spicer thing. But then when she, you know, she made a joke, she made a, I saw it again and I'd missed it really the first time because I was just sort of caught up in the first time watching of it. But she made a joke about the Holocaust and then she said something about uh, gypsies and uh, I forget what it was, something else. And then she essentially did a, unless I'm mistaken here, uh, an impersonation of a disabled person, you know, made a sort of noise that a, that a person who has a uh, mental health disability or or not a mental, just a mental disability. Uh, She made a a noise that um, is a no, no was my understanding that we don't, we don't make fun of people with that sort of handicap or disability because it's not funny and it's just mean and it's, it's mean spirited and it's not okay. And she, they, they, she got a total pass on it, which I thought was interesting because that's even for the left, usually supposed to be something of a, red line that you don't make fun of uh, mentally disabled people. Uh, you don't make fun of people that have 
you know, make fun of people who have Down syndrome. You know, make fun of people who have handicap. And also the fact that the joke was in the context of the Holocaust. I mean, it really wasn't funny. And no one seemed to care because the whole purpose of the thing was to just make fun, just to mock and ridicule the Trump people, in this case, Sean Spicer. And so they gave her a pass on that. I was think about go back and watch it. You'll see what I mean. There's a moment where she makes it's clear that there's a um, uh, she's making fun of people who either have Down syndrome or a similar condition. And there's just nothing funny about that. It's not okay. Uh, and I'm not I don't like to go around and scold people for humor. I think humor should be edgy. But that that's act. That's one of the few places where politically correct is right. And one of the few places where there really does need to be a sensitivity and an added protection. You don't make fun of people with mental handicaps. It's just that's never funny. It's never OK. And she got away with it. I, I you know, I think and I didn't hear anybody bring this up. And I kind of was sitting there watching this thinking to myself, why wasn't this? Uh, more annoying to people. Why didn't they have a problem with this? Anyway, the Kellyanne Conway thing uh, just gets crazier and crazier until she she pulls a knife out. She assaults Jake Tapper. Um, I mean, here, I'll play, here, we've got some more of the uh, the audio here. I just want to do my polls again. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll text Fareed Zakaria. You can go on his show. Fareed Zakaria? Okay. I have an office in the f***ing uh, right okay. Do I look like Kaylee McEnany to you? <laughs> then why are you trying to f*** me? Like I'm Kaylee McEnany. Uh, okay, okay, you can go on her show. Whatever you want, you wait. Whatever you want. Look, that was on, this is on the Blaze website right now, on the blaze.com right now. Uh... You heard that audio. We bleeped out the curse. But Kaylee's a friend. Kaylee's a news commentator. Kaylee's a really nice and decent and smart human being. Do you, do you think that she, do you think that that's think think about that? The, the comment that was just made there. I, I'm sitting here kind of aghast. Now, I, I know there's the different versions of, well, Buck, you shouldn't talk about it because it gives it more attention. But, well, no, it's on SNL and everyone's already talking about it. And. I think that this is indi- this isn't a slip up. This is indicative of this much more widespread mentality that anything to make fun of any Trump people, anyone affiliated with Trump, is completely okay. All the rules go out the window. Uh, this sketch of Kellyanne Conway, this this com- is, you know, so-called comedy sketch, is really di- it is really disrespectful. It's really nasty. It's not nice. It's not funny. And just imagine for a second that you had a very prominent woman in the uh, in the Obama administration. Uh, imagine a very prominent. Imagine they did some sketch of Valerie Jarrett showing that she was mentally unstable and violent and crazy and sexualized. Think about what the outrage meter would hit on that one. Why is this so different? There's a million things you can do. There's a million ways you can make fun of Kellyanne Conway that I even think she would find amusing, but even if she didn't find it amusing, I think the rest of us could. This is not one of them. And it's up on theblaze.com right now. You see this story, and it's really crass, and it's wrong. And they have all week, remember, this is a sketch comedy, so they have all week to think about this stuff and write the lines, and they know it's nationally televised. I hesitate to use words like offensive because I have a pretty high bar for offensive, but 
Yeah, Melissa McCarthy with the that noise that she made that's representative of people with mental mental handicap, that was just wrong. And she totally and I I admit I missed it really the first time or I wasn't paying it I didn't it was kind of was a it was almost given as a very quick near throwaway line in the sketch. But if you watch it again, you'll see what I mean. But with this Kellyanne Conway thing, why does anyone think that how could anyone think that this is okay? How could anyone think that this is the way that a nationally televised sketch comedy show should depict a very senior female member of the current administration, White House employee? They would never have done this to a Democrat. They'd never have done this to Hillary Clinton, who you have a lot more to go with there in terms of malfeasance and craziness and everything else, no question. They would have never done this to Hillary Clinton and that they do it to Kellyanne Conway and the crassness and they brought Kelly McEnany's name into it. It's and I know that some people say, oh, well, they should just say it's amusing and move on from there. No, this is wrong. These people are gross who do these kinds of things uh, and it's wrong. All right, team. Uh, more coming. Be right back. Let your voice be heard. Hello. 888-900-3393. On the Blaze Radio Network. Well, team, that is going to be uh, pretty much the show for today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having as many of you as can uh, join me tomorrow. Uh, join me tonight, rather. Whoa, uh, join me tonight uh, because we're going to be live six to nine Eastern. AmericanOurRadio.com is where you go if you don't have the station in your area. Uh, maybe some of you would like to email your local station program director. Be like, hey, what have we got at 6 p.m. on the station? I like, maybe you should make Buck Sexton that station. I'm just saying. Um, and also, if you want to listen on demand, you go to AmericanOutRadio.com slash podcast. Uh, I was on Fox News this morning. I think I'm going to be on today in the 2 o'clock hour with Trish Reagan. I was on Fox Business, I should say, uh, from 6 to 9 a.m., and then I should be on Fox Business again, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. At least that's the plan for right now. So Buck's going to be doing a bunch of TV, uh, which is always fun. And of course, every day here, 12 to 2 on the Blaze Radio Network. And if you want to listen to my other show on the Blaze Radio Network, you can go 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, every night. The show will be played on the Blaze Radio Network uh, night of the show. Thank you, as always, for joining me here. Really excited to continue this awesome radio journey that we've been on together for a few years and to expand it and do all these other exciting things that i got planned. So uh, please download today's podcast, share it with some friends. You can go on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And until tomorrow, until next time, my friends, as always, no matter what, Shield Time. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh,